Friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee and I are two best friends making our way through the history of kaiju movies starting in 1933 with King Kong. And today we are in 1996 still Whew. with Galgameth, not to be confused oh, with Gilgamesh. Man. Also known as The Legend of Galgameth and The Adventures of Galgameth. Oh man, I can I just please say that I was not ready for this time capsule in the slightest <laughs> bit. I okay. was not fucking prepared, you guys. Like, holy shit, I was not ready. You don't even understand. Like, I couldn't even take notes half of the time because i was just like oh my like as soon as this movie started it was just like suddenly familiar to me and then my first note is like i feel like i've seen this and then my next note is oh my god i have seen this and then my next note is i'm freaking out this is insane and then the next (laughs) note is like fuck this is crazy like okay my brain could not fucking take it i was not prepared i was not ready but I used to rent this movie, not even from a blockbuster. It was at a time where there were other movie stores also. Sure. Yeah. And I rented it from this movie store that we would always go to on the west side of Odessa. I think it's a liquor store now. But anyways, <laughs> my mom's friend owned it. And uh-huh. we would always go in there and rent movies. And I rented this movie so many times on VHS. And this you didn't remember like, that until you started watching it? I did not it? remember that. No, I, I, for those of you who don't know, I am a little bit dissociative sometimes. And <laughs> I had completely blocked this movie out of my brain. Like, it did not wow. exist to me at all until, and like, as soon as it started, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. And then as the movie was going, I was started to know, like, lines of the movie. I knew what was about to happen. I was wow. freaking out. I was not fucking prepared for this at all. It was That's... insane. <laughs> Wow, that's funny because we had mentioned this movie in the past because it's a remake of Pulgasari. So we had the title had come up. Totally. And of course, when we were preparing, you know, our list and stuff, we had mentioned that this is the one for next week. And but it wasn't until you actually started watching it. (laughs) That's crazy. Not a clue. It was like the music started and I was like, this is so familiar to me. And then as soon as like the whole first scene like the jousting the first thing that he said that i was like oh my god i've seen this was he's like i hate horses and i was like my brain it was like simone (laughs) from like that's so raven like i just fucking like i uh, it was it was crazy i was not ready for the roller coaster that was this movie for me and (laughs) holy shit i it just took me all the way back and to the point where i mean i was literally like it was so crazy. I was I knew the lines. I know I've seen wow. this movie so many times. 
But it came out in 96, so I, I was like, what, like five or four in 96? So it makes <laughs> sense, I guess, that I didn't like remember, but oh man, oh boy, did I remember it as it was happening. And I even remember thinking like the first time that I saw the first Harry Potter movie, thinking like, man, this Snape guy reminds me of someone, but I can't place it. Like, who is it? <laughs> Who does this guy remind me of? And as soon as I saw like the dark, the black knight or whatever, I was like, Oh my Hello? God, that's the dude. That's the dude. It's just so crazy. I I'm telling you guys, I was not fucking prepared for this. I was not ready for the time <laughs> capsule. That was Galgi. I wasn't ready. Oof. It is 110 minutes directed by Sean McNamara. As I said, based on Pulgasari by Shin Sang-ok. Which was a really good movie. And we did an episode on that. If you haven't listened to it, go back back and and listen listen to it. It was made in the United States, but first released in Spain. The budget was $10 million. Damn! That is $6 million more than last week's movie, Tremors 2. Unbelievable. Wow. It stars Especially Devin. Since these sets are very like um, community <laughs> theater. You know what yes, I mean? probably pre-existing <laughs> things used in numerous movies of this ilk. <laughs> the cast is Devin Otway as Prince Davin. Devin as Davin. Sean McNamara as King Hein Heinrich. Hold on. The director is the king. <laughs> God damn it. You're damn Steven, right. Stephen matched, mocked. I'm going to go with mocked. Stephen mocked as LL, stupidest villain name ever. Lou Wagner as Zether. Time Winters as Templeton. James Nixon as Bertrand. Felix, Felix Silla as Little Galgi. Doug Jones, oh my God, as Big Galgi. Brendan O'Brien as Heretic, Tom Dugan as William, Richard Stephen Horvitz as Kinch, Elizabeth Cheap as Periel, Patrick Richwood as Greasy, Greasy, Ken Thorley as Footy, Joanna Stewart Bowden as Julia, and Cornelu Teganku as Zhidao. I think that's the sort of Chinese guy that comes in with the mm, with the mm-hmm. gunpowder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was filmed on location in Romania. Locations in Romania, including Bucharest and Zarnesti. Released in Spain, then Japan. So I guess it was just released direct to video here in America. It's a very American movie in that... Everybody in this pseudo European medieval movie has American accents. Uh, honeybee. Um, well, I guess you kind of sort of told us your initial thoughts. Yeah, what are your initial I, I thoughts kinda, on the yeah. quality? <laughs> um, man, I mean, I, yeah, I really already said like initially I was just so shocked and taken back uh to my very wee childhood days like i remember renting this movie i remember loving this movie uh there's so many things like sounds and things that just really like 
pinged my brain in a very strange way. And like, <laughs> I couldn't even, I really just like couldn't even believe that this was happening. Watching this movie, it really freaked me out. It was just such a very strange experience for me. And um, yeah, I, I watched this as a very young kid. And so it's kind of like the Power Rangers thing. Like, I was thinking about this while I was watching it. Like, man, I bet you fucking hated this movie. And <laughs> and I loved it because, you know, it was something that I saw, like, growing up and as a mm-hmm. very young person. So it was so nostalgic to me, almost sickening nostalgic to me, <laughs> where I just almost couldn't even watch it. And then a lot of times, like, if I see a movie and, I don't know, it's like a weird part of my life or I don't know it's like my brain will be like no like if if again like someone's like hey do you want to watch this movie my brain will just be like no you've seen it don't watch it and and I have learned to trust that because one time um my friend Topher was like have you seen this movie it's called Inside Out and I was like yeah I have seen it but for some reason I can't remember it and he's like oh my god we have to watch it and then when Bing Bong sacrifices himself I I was like, oh, God, like, this is why I don't remember this movie. So I just learned to trust my brain. And, like, when my brain says no, then I'm like, oh, okay, I gotcha. And there's a reason why my brain is like, no, don't watch it. And I felt this way the whole movie. I was like, what is it that my brain has, like, completely blocked this movie out? And then, you know, when it gets to the scene of him, like, in the ocean, I was like, oh, yep, here it is. Here it is. This is it. This is the trauma. Here we go. Can't handle it. Oh, no. oh God. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm telling you, my little baby brain seriously just almost could not handle the um, sickening nostalgia of this movie. Oh, it just my goodness. To a, to a place where I'm not sure if I wanted to be or if I didn't want to be, but here we are, and I'm so glad that we're here and I'm so glad and that yet, we watched it because I had literally deleted it from my entire memories. So. And yet you watched it multiple times as a kid. So, Oh yeah. It seems like it couldn't have been at the time anyway, it couldn't have been that distressing if you wanted to watch it again. Cause it does, yeah, well, ha- it does one, have a hopeful I was ending. One sick puppy. <laughs> uh, um, so I just wanted to mention quickly, Doug Jones, you know, I reacted when he said his name. He um, has been in a lot of movies, but it often tends to be doing some sort of a suit work or some kind of thing where he's covered in mm. stuff. Mm-hmm. He plays uh, Abe Sapien in the two of the Hellboy movies. One of them, the first one, David Hyde Pierce dubs over the voice. And then in the second one, they were like, you know what? Let's just have Doug do the voice. <laughs> because he sounds pretty similar and he's a perfectly fine actor and we don't need to pay extra for David Hyde Pierce uh but more recently he is on uh plays Saru on Star Trek Discovery who's an alien so he's got to be covered in you know prosthetics and stuff and he has to move in a funny way because he's an alien and he doesn't walk like a human walks so he's often doing this sort this sort of thing where it has to do with uh, not only wearing things, but moving in a certain, you know, somebody who knows how to use their body in different and interesting ways. Uh, Shape of Water. He's also the Gill Man in Shape of Water. Oh, 
okay. Which is a very cool. similar sort of creature as the one he plays in Hellboy. Mm-hmm. And it's also directed by Guillermo del Toro, so he already he already worked with him. Uh, I guess we need to get into the plot. Did you take did any you, notes? Yeah, I, I mean, I really tried. I got, so like, you know, for like Tremors, I took like four pages. Like for this one, I have right. one page and it's like, they're so spread out because I really, I, I'm telling you, I, I could barely take notes on this. I was really just like freaking out, man. <laughs> I like didn't take, trippy for me. no, I took, I took none. And the summary, the Wikipedia summary is pretty short. Uh, I do want to mention, so it's based on Pulgasari. The broad brush strokes are the same. The details are a bit different. Mm-hmm. But I remember when we were talking about Pulgasari saying that it seemed to be set in a just, you know, vaguely kingdom in the past, but not during any mm-hmm. specific. And I compared it to this kind of movie at the time, saying that, the, you know, they just talk about the king, but they don't name a specific king it's clearly right. in a historical era in the past but kind of a movie version of that they don't give us a particular year they don't mm-hmm. mention the exact government and they don't exactly even mention we assume it's in korea but i don't think anyone actually says korea this is similar in that it is set in kind of a medieval europe but it's a made-up kingdom it's not some alternate world because we see the symbols of christianity in the movie is it is it christianity is like catholicism maybe that's a branch of christianity oh 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 oh. it seems to be eastern orthodox actually based on the priest's outfit at the end Mm -hmm. it look he's dressed like an eastern orthodox priest not a roman catholic priest but we see crosses Mm -hmm. and things that indicate this is in this is on earth not, you know, the planet that um, Game of Thrones is on. You know, Game of Thrones is oh, not set on Earth. I did not know that. Yeah, it, it yeah, it's explicitly not Earth. A lot of fantasy films are, you know, not on Earth, and other mm-hmm. and ones like this are sort of yeah, it's Earth. There's earthy things in it, but it's mm-hmm. in this made up kingdom of Donegold with. Uh, King Heinrich, you know, that's not any real king that ever existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they've done the same thing with this movie in that it's it's sort of in the past, but it's not any specific year and it's not a real kingdom and it's, you know, it's just made up stuff. Yeah. But it's still part of sort of our history. Um, so I just thought that was interesting that both movies seem to be doing that. Uh, but the broad brushstrokes are there is a corrupt government there is a peasant uprising there is a creature that starts off as a tiny little doll and is activated by tears and then grows the more the more metal it eats oh god my heart. and i believe there was also a big cannon in both of the movies nice. they they were going to destroy polgasari with a great big cannon and yeah, but there is also a point when both monsters get buried and appear to be dead, but then they uh, come back out from under the ground. Yeah, but Galgi knows how to party. He gets drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go with the plot. 
In the medieval kingdom of Donegold, a young prince named Davin lives with his father, the noble king Heinrich. But that comes to an end when the king's black knight, LL, poisons him. Poisons the king. For Lent Liquor. It stands for Lent Liquor. <laughs> well, it's actually spelled E-L-E-L, not L dot L dot. But I, I don't Fuck I'll, face. I'll get to that. I'll get that. In a, yes. That, this guy, Stephen Macht, he's given it all he's got. Yeah, he, he is. is. Act, he's acting up a storm. He did not phone Acting. in. I got to give him credit. Oh, so it starts off with uh, Davin is jousting. He's not actually a knight yet, I guess. He, but he's out there practice jousting and gets knocked off his horse, but then manages to knock the other guy off of his horse. From the ground, manages to knock the other guy off his horse. And the second knight comes up to him and takes off his helmet, and it's, Dad, what? And everybody yes. congratulates Davin on how good he did at getting his ass kicked. Mm. Uh, and LL is having a dispute. He's some kind of advisor to the king, and he wants the king to crack down on these other people that are under their rule uh i forget what they were called the leviathans I don't <laughs> that's not leviathans <laughs> that's something else <laughs> levenians though it is something close like levenians something like levenians and he's like no i'm thinking of freeing them so apparently they are if not enslaved are occupied subjugated something and the king wants to let them go and be allies with them instead of subjugating them. And LL disagrees, and so he poisons the king. As he lays dying, Heinrich gives his son a small black statue of a creature. He tells oh. them that it is called Galgameth, the family guardian of legend. But he will be annoyingly referred to as Galgi throughout most of the rest Galgi. of the movie. Davin takes it, and while he is away mourning his father, well, not away, he just sulks in his bed, LL secretly shatters the statue and takes command, thrusting the kingdom into turmoil under Davin's name. He keeps, so he starts cracking down on everybody and saying, these are the king's orders. There's even a point later in the film where he tries to act like, hey, I didn't want to do this. This is coming straight from the king. I pushed back against it, but he told me no. But this is all lies. Davin isn't paying attention, though, because he's so upset about his father dying. Uh, yeah, because Davin he is thinks given... it's his fault because he's the one who stabbed him. Oh, that's right. He, he like, thinks died he died from this wound. So he yeah, thinks that he... he killed his father, but it was actually this douche nozzle. LL. Yeah, that's right. He thinks he's died from his wounds from the joust, but his wounds from the joust were pretty minor. And even after uh, service, da LL's like, whatever you're thinking, just remember, it's not your fault. And he's like, Which is his way of what? saying, it's your fault. You should believe yeah, it's your exactly. fault. <laughs> exactly. Davin is given the broken statue by a maidservant and cries. The next morning he finds oh. the statue, well, and his tears fall on the statue. The next morning he finds that the statue is becoming a living creature, which he nicknames Galgi. And his little sounds, he's like, arrow, arrow, arrow. Oh, God. Brought to life it. by the prince's tears, Galgameth becomes his friend and guardian as he finds himself chased by LL and in the company of disgruntled peasants who are planning a revolt 
in order to dethrone the man they think is the source of all their trouble, Prince Davin. That's all the plot it's got, so we're going to back up and fill in those. Okay, yeah, we, we, we got to back up to when Galgameth, like, becomes alive, and yeah. he, like, he's like, oh my god, what are you? And then he's just, like, you know, running around all, like, eating metal and shit, and the blackbirds fly into the room. Yes. And he's like, ah, because he's, like, his job is to protect Davin, so right. he's like, oh, these animals, I'm going to kick their ass, and then Davin's like, no, those are blackbirds, ha 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 ha. But then that becomes so important. Yes, and then this becomes sort of his his um, attack word. <laughs> yeah. Because then after the blackbirds go, then he then he just goes, Galgi, blackbirds, blackbirds, and Galgi's like, ah, where, where? Ah, where? Let me ah, at him. Ah. And uh, yeah, this comes up throughout the the movie that oh, they yell out blackbird to get him to. <laughs> To get him to I can't handle it, man. act. So he ends up, I don't, I can't remember how he left the castle, but he basically figures out that everything he knows is wrong. And maybe the maidservant clues, I don't remember. But he ends up going yeah, so on the, the run. The maidservant like tells him like, LL is doing all of this crazy shit. And he like burns books, kicks all the dogs out of the kingdom, like you know, yeah, villain some, shit. Yeah, there's this whole weird thing with LL being a cat person and banishing all the dogs yeah. from the castle, but then carrying yeah. a cat around with him. Yeah. And then wait late in the film says something about, you know, cats are you know, he starts going on about cats and how great yeah, they are. He's a, he's a wackadoodle for sure. Which makes me think the writer, director, whoever is a dog person that is aggressively anti-cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It's one thing to say I yeah. prefer dogs. It's another thing to say, fuck cats. I know what, I'm going to make the, the bad guy and the people. a cat yeah. person. <laughs> That's funny. So he, he goes on the run and he ends up at a tavern, a typical medieval tavern, and eating scraps off of other people's tables because he has no money. And this cute serving girl takes pity on him. And basically everybody in the bar sort of almost adopts him almost instantly when the bad guys show up. Yeah, the reason being, though, is because he's like, oh, I, I'm homeless and these bad guys are chasing me and they want to arrest me. And they're all like, yeah, those bad guys have been fucking with us, too. You're one of yeah. us now, kid. We're not going to let yeah. you be homeless alone. You're going to come and be our family. But they don't yeah, know that yeah. he's actually the guy that they're, they're all for. <laughs> at the same time. They're all also. Yeah. Fuck. Fuck. Prince Davin. He's an asshole. And he's all like, oh, uh, yeah. 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 Fuck that guy. Yeah, he's an asshole. My name is definitely not Davin. My name is John. Yeah, it, it's John. The, the most obvious made-up name I could think of. Yes, he tries to disguise Galgi as his sister. <laughs> Jesus. So they hide him. They hide the two of them when the bad guys show up. Oh, this the the second in command. What what was his name? I don't fucking know. But he. Well, I just found him very interesting. Is it Zether? Zeth, I think. Uh, no, Zether is the guy with the book. I think, the 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 mage who has the the, not mage, but the scholar guy who has the book of legends and stuff. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's Kinch. Maybe that's who I'm thinking of. I don't know. I don't know, but we we gotta talk about Galgameth getting drunk. <laughs> the main henchman so just has some interesting moments throughout the film where he's questioning the bad guy, and even helps the prince at the end. 
So I kind of I liked I liked that guy. So they they uh, they hide the kid and um, you know he starts living with them. Kind of there's sort of a Robin Hood and Merry Men thing going on in the forest, and <laughs> the they start trying to teach him how to fight better. The girl is giving him sword lessons with the worst fucking sword I've ever seen in a movie. Hey, her dad made that sword. <laughs> exactly. They make a big deal about how her dad made this sword and I'm like, did he stop halfway through? There's no There's no point. Was he interrupted? There's no uh point on that sword. It looked almost flat. <laughs> I don't know if this was a safety thing because the kids were using it or I don't know what the fuck it was, but it just looked like shit. Uh, but later on, when they're gathering up all the metal for Galgi to eat so he get bigger, he puts the sword to the she wants him saves to eat it. the sword, but he he saves it for her. Yeah, he I mean, he clearly likes this girl and she likes him uh, from the get go. And her father is the king. And he he's dead, isn't he? No, he's alive. He is the guy? Okay. It was unclear to me if her father was dead or if he was the sort of the head of the peasant revolt. Yeah. They, they made they him don't, king. Because they don't really he's have like the any... They don't have a whole lot of moments together to indicate that they're father and daughter. Yeah, the only reason why you know it is because whenever they get, like, captured and then they go and, like, save them, when Galgameth, like, storms the building and they, like save them she's like mom dad and they like have a hug moment oh mom's there too okay i guess i missed Uh that part um so anyway he he is the king of the oppressed people the 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 whatever the lilliputians whatever the fuck they were called (laughs) so she's a princess but she's been working as a barmaid because uh you know, well, because they're occupied. he's like, you know, yeah, like king of the dipshits, basically. Like, he's king of all the poor people. It's like, she's a princess. But they, he was, like, uh, not born a king, either. He was appointed king of these people. Like, they all decided, you know what? This guy should be our king. Like, they don't have a they don't have a hereditary monarchy. They have a democratic no, monarchy. No, 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 That's good. Yes, That's good. Yes, That's It's very progressive of them. So there's, you know, there's a lot of Robin Hood type shit in the forest. There's various attacks back and forth. Galgi gets bigger and bigger as he eats more metal. Uh, a bunch of them get captured at one point and Galgi and uh, the prince go free them. And, you know, Galgi eats the cage <laughs> to let people out. Yes. It's so funny whenever they, they're when he's trying to pass him off as like a person and people like look at him and they're like, oh, poor dear. Oh, poor <laughs> thing must have been deformed by the plague. Like, it's yes. just so goofy. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah and at some point they bring in this uh, Chinese expert to build them a cannon. And uh, during one of the battles, Galaki gets shot with this cannon. And I don't know why he doesn't just eat the cannonball, but he doesn't. And he gets buried and, and everybody assumes he's dead. But there's this moment when John <laughs> goes to try and wake him up and he gets everybody chanting Blackbird, Blackbird to try to wake Galgi up, which oh, works. God, my heart. And uh, uh. He, he comes bursting out of the out of the ground. 
Um, also, in that uh, like battle scene, there's this one part, you know, where the other side, the bad guys, like are throwing rocks down in this like ravine to hit the like poor people. And uh-huh. Davin, the prince, at one point, like he's like trying, like, come on, get up, let's go, we gotta get out of here. And there's this one specific guy that he picks up. I literally had to rewind it because this guy just looks like a set guy, like, or like a hipster or something. I'm like, wait, like, it's like everyone is in these like medieval costumes. And then there's just this dude with like a black shirt and a beanie. And like, it's not, it just like looks like that for a second. I was like, wait a second. What is that? Like a, you know, part of the camera crew or something? Because this guy just looked like he was dressed like for, you know, in the 2000s not like whatever time period this is it was so funny it was so random like did he just pick up a set guy <laughs> yeah yeah they're like hey what are you grips we need an extra person here get on over here and yeah do <laughs> yeah exactly uh so at some point i i don't know what i missed somehow how it happened the prince ends up getting captured and oh, they figure out. So there's a thing about in the legend and in the book that the only thing that can hurt Galgameth is the thing that gives him life, which is tears. So he's vulnerable to salt water. Uh, I don't think, or to water in general. Yeah, I don't think it's all water. They, like, I think try to give him a. Well, at one point they try to like give him a bath, and he's like. Ah! Like screaming, they're like, yeah, he, he freaks, the he, he freaks out, and they can't find. Or they it. pour, they pour water on him. But I think there was something about it that indicated it was it, it was salty water. Mm. And yeah, he fl- he flips out and runs away, and they're all yelling, "Galgi, we're sorry, come back, it's okay, we didn't mean to." So mm. somehow the LL figures this out somehow and captures. I'll, I'll tell you how. First of all. First, Davin's got to figure it out. And how he does that is the poor people, they find, what was his name, Zeth or Zath or whatever, yeah. and mm-hmm. the, the right. guy. And they're like, he's yeah. a spy, hang him. And then he's like, wait, there's the prince, that's Davin. And they're like, John, what is he talking about? And he's <laughs> like, they're, we're going to kill this guy, he's a spy. And then they're like, he's like, no, I am the prince, they're right. And he tells them what happened. They're like, hang him too. He's a liar, he lied to us. So then... They, like, go to hang him, but then his girlfriend, like, huzzah, cuts the rope with her, dang, her like, bunk-ass sword. And then they're, like, him and the book guy are talking, and he's like, if your father was here, he would tell you that the only thing that can destroy Galgameth is blah, blah, blah. And then the bad guy, he goes and gets the little, like, maid lady who gave Galgameth, took Galgameth out of the fire and gave it to the prince. And he's like, what did you do with the pieces? What did you do with them? And she's like, I didn't do anything with them. And he brings her daughter in, who's like six years old. And he's like, if you don't tell me what you did with these pieces, one of you is going to die. And it's probably not going to be you. It's probably going to be your kid. And so she tells him, I gave the pieces to the prince. And then he wept. And she's crying because she's about to watch her kid die. And he takes a tear from her eyeball licks it licks it off his finger and is like <laughs> salt water <laughs> uh, so he ends up capturing the prince and ties him to a boat and takes him out off the shore to, to the try and lure to lure galgameth out into the salt water oh um, god it's horrible 
and my stomach hurts just thinking about it right now. This is also part of the reason why it wasn't clear that that guy was her father, because Julia and Footy, I think, are the ones getting in the rowboat to go out there and try and rescue him, because they know Galgameth can't go out there, and uh, the prince knows this too and doesn't want him to come rescue him, so they're trying to get out to him in a rowboat. Um. To, to to rescue him. But eventually, Galgi decides that he's going to have to do it because nothing else is working. The other people aren't going to... Oh, he sets the boat on fire. The bad guy sets the boat on fire. So Galgi's like, oh, I got I to gotta go. It just starts walking into the water and kind of dissolving. He has to protect him. That's his, that's his like, life purpose is like and his dad yeah. right before his dad dies he like whispers into the little like statue thing you know he's like take my spirit like let my spirit be with you like please protect my son yeah. and then he like dies and then it's like this music like le, 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 le. and then his spirit like you hear this like whoosh you know and you're like oh my god like galgi is like carrying his father's spirit to protect him and to make sure that he's safe mm. and it's just the saddest yeah. fucking thing Thing. Oh God, it's, it's so sad. So Galgi gets to the ship and get pull, picks him up off of it and lowers him into the little rowboat. Oh God! And then he's like cry screaming like Blackbird, Blackbird. Yeah. Yes. Oh God. And then dis dissolves. Oh um, fucking Christ, dude! This is—it's so killer. Like, no, right. it's like that scene in ET where ET dies for a minute, and yeah. Elliot's like freaking the fuck <laughs> out. It's very similar vibes, y'all. Yeah. Ugh. But then that's not the climax yet, though. Then we have to have a fight on the beach. Uh, well, LL and his men have gotten back to the beach. And then uh, are about to go do bad guy stuff. And then John comes, has somehow gotten a hold of a horse and a stick <laughs> and comes charging at him it's not, down the beach. It's a paddle. It's the paddle from the That's robot. it. Right. You're right. It's the paddle. Yeah. It's the paddle. And comes charging <laughs> down him. So he's like, okay, yeah I'll, yeah, I'll joust you, you little shit. And... Uh, <laughs> He successfully knocks LL off his horse, and then they get down to continue like you do in a joust. First, you knock him off the horse, then you got to get your hand weapons and get down and fight, and they have a sword fight. And earlier, Julia had taught him a very basic sword fighting trick, where if the person has your sword pinned, then you just swing it around in a circle, to, and if you're lucky, we'll disarm them. And uh, so he uses this this trick and uh, manages to uh, win the fight, but then he doesn't. He decides to have mercy on LL and not kill. He does that thing where it looks like he stabbed him, and then we we pull back and see. You know, he's just plunged the sword into the sand right next to his head. Mm -hmm. And like a dum dum who's never seen any of these movies. Walks away, leaving the sword behind him. And LL, like a bad guy, picks up the sword and goes to kill the prince. And the prince manages to pull LL's knife off of 
LL's belt and stab him in the gut with it. Because LL does some really bad showing off swinging before he kills him, giving him just enough time to do this. Yeah. So this is when the second bad guy does his little, his turn because he doesn't have a... The, the prince doesn't have a sword. After they get knocked off of their horses, the prince doesn't have a sword. And the second in command guy gives him his sword so that he can mm -hmm. fight. He's like, Davin here. Mm -hmm. uh, and it could be because he hates LL or he just thinks it's unsporting. Uh, you know, he's, I might be a bad guy, but I have a sense of fair play. It's a little unclear why he does this. He might just do it, do it because he's um, chaotic evil and just wants to stir shit up. I don't know. <laughs> I think he does uh, it because he like realizes like that LL is just like full of shit and he's a douchebag after Right. Well like, he's doing a bad job. Watches Galgameth die and yeah. then he's just like, fuck this dude. Yeah. Well he he's been he's been doing a bad job. He's not running yeah. the kingdom well. Mm -hmm. Just oppressing everybody is not really in anybody's interest. <laughs> and he's yeah. just wasting resources. So uh Anyway, he he kills him and then and then he tells the other guy, "Hey, you should come with us." And he says, "No, I I don't remember his exact line, but he's basically, I'm not good enough. <laughs> you, mm. you you need you need better people than me in your administration." <laughs> true though, true. So thanks, but Facts. thanks, but no thanks. Uh, but yeah, I can wish I could remember the exact line, but that's basically what he's saying. And no, I'm not up to the job. I'm not good enough for you. Uh, but thanks, and he rides off. <laughs> And then we cut to uh, like a wedding scene between these two teenagers. Or are they just getting crowned? No, I think they. No, they're no, they're just getting crowned. They're just getting crowned. Uh, but it certainly yeah. implies, if not a wedding, at least a betrothal. And um, then they go for a little walk on the beach in their fancy clothes and find <sighs> the little tiny version of Galgameth on the beach <laughs> and are happy. <laughs> And then they just start calling him Galgi. Yeah, they start Galgi. skipping back the other direction, yelling his name oh, out. Oh, God. So, My heart, dude. Uh, I can't fucking take it. He's, he's, so he's not exact. I guess, I mean, he was never really alive exactly, but he's returned to his original state, which I guess, yeah. if you cry, so if that, you cry so on him again. Davin, yeah, so that Davin can give him to his son. Yeah, and, like it's a when family thing, you know. When he's so whenever his son is, yeah, yeah, gonna be king or whatever, or he gets poisoned by the next fucking weirdo, then you know his son will have Galgameth, and they will go yeah. on. Now, his one heart big will difference go on and on. One big difference between this film and Pulgasari, and one reason I think one of the many reasons I think this is an inferior film, is they don't hey. really address the issue of we're gonna run out of metal to feed this thing. And this is this thing that was our salvation is about to become our problem. Mm -hmm. There, there's a mo there is a time when they hesitate, with like, well, if we give him our metal to eat, we won't have our weapons to defend ourselves. And the prince is like, but you won't need those weapons if you give him the metal because he'll be big enough to fight for all of us. So they are like, okay, fine. But in the original, the issue was that the government wanted to take their farm implements to make weapons. And they couldn't feed themselves if they allowed that to happen. So they have Galgameth to defend them. But then at some point they have to give 
Galgameth their farm implements to protect them. So they're still in, they end up in the same position they were in the beginning that if we keep feeding this thing, we won't be able to grow food to feed ourselves. And that becomes a real issue and a, and an interesting irony and stuff. And that just isn't in this version. Thank the Lord. Well, no, I think that makes it an inferior movie and a less complex and less interesting movie. But this is a children's movie. Well, exactly. (laughs) I think this is very much a children's movie and the other one was not. Yeah, for sure. So I I think think that's why it is. One way you can really tell this is a children's movie, I mean, besides all the obvious shit, like, (laughs) is like... The people keep listening to this kid, like this this Davin kid. Like he's like, <laughs> right. let's give him all of the weapons, blah blah blah. And they're like, yeah, you know what? This fucking fourteen year old kid really knows what he's talking about. And then later <laughs> on, the, the, he makes another plan, and he like tells everyone the plan, and they're sitting there, and the plan fails, and they're all like, well, do you have another plan? And I'm like, this is so <laughs> funny because they just keep listening to this kid, and he just keeps fucking him. And it's funny because yeah. it, that's what makes it a kids movie, you know, is that right. this kid is like in charge and like leading. These yeah. people and it's so good i loved it so much it was it was i i was not prepared like i said for the um to step into literally 1996 but um <laughs> it, i'm so glad well, that i did and it was so good and the thing is in the in the in the real world when you have a 14 year old kid on the throne there is a regent who will rule until he's old enough and that's all understood and everybody in the real world would know well, LL is the regent. He's the kid's not calling the shots. LL's calling the shots because he's the regent, and it would be an official thing rather than just mm-hmm. this big lie. He's t- and everybody would not know that and understand that. Um, we've yeah. we've seen this in history. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, there there you go, honeybee. Uh, God, I hesitate to ask. You what already know what are you, I'm gonna say. What are you gonna rate, <laughs> Galgameth? Man, I'm so sorry. I'm really sorry to do this to you, but it's five <laughs> stars for me. Yeah, it is one star for me. I believe it. I knew it. I knew it when I was watching it. And and I honestly, when I was going into it, especially because we talked about it and you were like, oh, God, man, so sorry about this one. I was like ready for it to suck so bad. But I'm telling you, when that opening music happened, it was just like it hit my brain in this really strange way. And I was like, oh, my God, yeah. I think I've seen this. And then it was like holy shit, I think I'm going to vomit. Yeah, I found, I mean, I found most of the performances to be not great. Weird that they're all just Americans. Um, Just no effort. LL, it's hard to tell if he's putting on an accent or that just is his accent, but he sounds more appropriate to where this movie's supposed to be taking place. He was the best actor in, in the thing. Um, it's not the that the rest of the adults, too. it's not that the rest of the adults are bad. It's just that the kids are kids and they're, <laughs> you know, they don't have the experience and the skill to be the center of this film <laughs> for me. They're child actors and they're very much child actors. And that's the level of performance you're getting, which as a child, you may be more tolerant of. But as yeah, an adult, I, I I thought it was amazing. This, yeah, this movie wasn't made for me. And so it's a little unfair. But my personal experience watching it was a one star experience. 
And mine was a very <laughs> strange roller coaster of a five. Wow. Well, I'm glad somebody got something out of it. Yeah. Next week. Sort of next week is another children's movie. <laughs> Rebirth of Mothra 2. I believe you can watch that on Tubi or Pluto, whichever one of them is that has a Godzilla channel now. Pluto, isn't it? Yeah. It may also be on, on Max. I'm not else, sure. Though. Yeah, I, I think it is on Max. Yeah. But you shouldn't have any problem finding Rebirth of Mothra 2. So please uh, follow us on the Patreon. Like and subscribe, rate and review, and all of those things. That will do it for now, though. Until next time, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honeybee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please don't miss you, Syeds. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Let's go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Rita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg.